Welcome back, Period to Pause listeners. Well, on today's episode, we are digging into a topic which is involved in almost 90% of the top 10 reasons why women die. 90%. You really need to hear what today's guest, Dr. David Bilstrom, has to say. He is the medical director of the International Autoimmune Institute and Bigham Memorial Center for Functional Medicine. For 35 years, Dr. Bilstrom has been a physician specializing in functional medicine, physical medicine, rehabilitation, and chronic disease management. Today, we talk about estrogen dominance and how you can get ahead of it, prevent it, and how it also affects a lot of different chronic diseases as well as cancer. You really need to hear what Dr. Bilstrom has to say, specifically if you're a woman who wants to get ahead of her health and ensure that she has longevity. It's time for women's health to be redefined. Let's dive on in. I am excited to have Dr. Billstrom on the podcast today. We are digging into one of these topics that just doesn't get talked about enough with regards to women's health care. And I think the place we're going to start today is really around estrogen dominance. So Dr. Billstrom, welcome to the podcast. Well, so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to be here. Can you share with folks what estrogen dominance is and why it's super dangerous for women right now? Yeah, I actually call it the most dangerous disease for women. And so people may have heard of the the word estrogen. It's a hormone. It's important to know that hormones keep away inflammation. And because of that, they can keep away disease. So like estrogen, for example, one of the important ones is estradiol. And that will keep away heart attacks and keep away strokes. It actually keeps away cataracts and macular Mm. degeneration, keeps away osteoporosis, keeps away fine lines and wrinkles on your skin. It actually is incredibly important for gut health to have estrogen. Mm. But the balance of hormones is so important. So estrogen dominance is when a woman has too much estrogen compared to progesterone. Each one individually very important. The balance is super important. And... In medicine, we tend to do a lot of bandage medicine. We'll put a bandage on a symptom. Here's a medication to take care of a symptom. But we don't take care of why you got the symptom. And then the why keeps pushing you to new symptoms. It's just one thing after another after another, including the medications can actually make things worse or create new health issues on top of that. And so when I talk about it being the most dangerous disease is that is incredibly common. Mm. It's almost unusual not to have it, though typically people don't understand the symptoms that occur initially. They only kind of down the line go, oh my goodness, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. My immune system is actually attacking my own body parts. I'm basically self-destructing. This is one reason the estrogen dominance is one reason why they think 80% of all people with autoimmune disease are women, but it is also a humongo driver of cancer. And this is where they talk about estrogen dominance being the flip side of the same coin that is cancer. Mm. How do women who have both of these things, estrogen, progesterone, how do you actually start to find that root cause and dig into what's really going on? And how do we know? How do we find this out? Yeah. So fortunately, the science is very clear about what drives chronic disease in general, also autoimmune disease and cancer, for example. But the day in, day out science that's being used in medicine is about 17 years after it came out. And this has been going on for decades and decades. or it's like 17 years behind. And so we know so much of what causes this stuff. Now, it's you can easily do a blood test. Any lab can run the two estrogens, estradiol, estrone, run progesterone levels, super easy. 
but you know you got this estrogen dominance long before you even do a blood test because it shows up as all the hormonal menstrual issues. So whether it's bad flows, bad cramps, premenstrual syndrome, ovarian cysts, PCOS, fibroids, endometriosis, infertility, that's all estrogen dominance. But also, just right there, you can go, oh my gosh, this thing is so common, right? But also because estrogen revs and progesterone calms, it also drives all the rev without calm things that are so common in women as well, like anxiety, passive mm-hmm. worrying, panic attacks, and insomnia. So you look at the hormonal menstrual things, the rev without calm things, you're like, oh my gosh, in today's modern society, what woman doesn't have that I'm almost, right? right? It used to be uncommon, now it is super common. So if you have any of the rev without calm, hormonal menstrual stuff, you automatically know you have estrogen dominance. And it's important we fix that because you don't need any of that stuff, right? Every one of those is like, well, I don't need any of that stuff. But also, this is where if it doesn't get taken care of early enough and you fix it and you feel, oh, my gosh, I feel great. All this stuff has gone away. Well, then that estrogen dominance is going to keep driving you to new things like the autoimmune disease, including women that have estrogen dominance before menopause. If you don't fix it, you have a 5.4 times increased risk of getting breast cancer before menopause. So it doesn't just double your risk of breast cancer or triple it 5.4 times. And you think, gosh, you know, across the ticker on an early AM news show, something came up. Oh, someone's been identified as double the risk of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. It'd be like national emergency as it should be. But here's something that's 5.4 times more likely to give you breast cancer before menopause, but also a 10 times greater risk of malignant cancers, the ones that mm. start one place and travel, yucky mm-hmm. ones, 10 times greater risk of malignant cancers your entire life. So this is why it's so important to get at this before it's a cancer thing, before it's an autoimmune thing. It's not hard to treat, just like it's not hard to kind of figure out what's causing this stuff. The science is very clear about this, but it is so important for women to know this is what's happening when they get those symptoms and that there is really, it's not that hard for her to look and what's causing something actually turn around long before you get the worst of the worst stuff. Why aren't we talking about this more? Well, we tend to put bandages on things. And so typically mm. the bandage for women that have the bad flows, bad cramps, all this hormonal menstrual stuff, fibers and amygdosis, is women will be put on birth control pills. Yeah. Now, birth control pills are estrogen-based. So you're actually making the estrogen dominance worse mm. by using an estrogen-based medicine including the estrogens inherently create, the birth control pills inherently create inflammation in the body. This is why when a woman's put on a birth control pill or a birth control pill, they're told, oh, by the way, this will increase your risk of heart attack, stroke, and blood clots. But the body's great. The body's super smart. You know, if you're just using birth control pills for birth control, that's one thing. Well, let's make sure the gut's good. Let's make sure you don't get vitamin deficient because of the impact of these non-bioidentical estrogens and oral birth control pills. But if you're using them as a bandage for this estrogen dominance, it's just going to make it worse. Mm. And thus, you go, oh, crud, we're just using this thing that's actually making it worse. Now, oftentimes, these kind of symptoms, these hormonal menstruals particularly, will end up putting a woman in a position to be told, oh, you probably need a hysterectomy. You don't need these bad flows, bad cramps, fibroids, and endometriosis. Well, when you do a surgery to change the anatomy down there, whether it's taking out one ovary because of ovarian cyst issues, PCOS, ovaries stay in, uterus comes out, both ovaries come out, uterus stays in, any change in the anatomy down there actually makes the estrogen dominance worse again. Mm. And so all these bandages just keep pushing you towards cancer, pushing you towards autoimmune disease, the self-destruction stuff. And so it's easy to do a blood test to see exactly what's going on. 
typically because of gut disruption, you know, maybe early use of antibiotics, a lot of stress, stress always throws off the gut, some vitamin deficiencies, our food doesn't tend to have nutrient content like it used to, it creates a, a gut disruption. And the gut is the main organ of detoxification. And so what will tend to happen with estrogens is a woman makes new healthy estrogens starting at period, period of pause we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. At, at the periods, make estrogen. Well, the ovaries just don't put their hands up and go, okay, I made estrogens once and I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm out of here. It's like, no, no, no. You got to make new estrogens, but we got to get rid of the old toxic estrogens. Once they've been in the system, they get dinged and beat up and now they're irritating and toxic. We got to have the nutrients around our detox pathways, dump toxins into the gut and then poop in the toilet. But with the maybe vitamin deficiencies, you don't run your detox pathways great. The gut's gotten disruption because of things like antibiotics and Advil's and Motrin's and stress. And unfortunately, the blood sugar control medicine metformin is terrible for creating a leaky gut. Well, then you can't get rid of toxins because even you get them into the gut, they just mm. leak back in the bloodstream and accumulate. So typically, you'll find women that have excessive estradiol and excessive estrone because they can't get rid of the old toxic estrogens. Now, eventually... Now the body's under a lot of stress and duress. It's got these toxic estrogens. It can't detox. It's got hormone imbalances. All of the stress is going on, this physical stress. Well, then that kicks up the stress hormone cortisol into mm. the stress mode, even if cortisol is not already kicked up into the stress mode because we live in such a stressful world. Mm -hmm. But the physical stress will kick it up. And the very first hormone that gets depleted when cortisol stuck in the stress mode may be showing up as stress-related stuff like insomnia, anxiety, excessive worry, panic attacks and such. Well, then you start depleting progesterone. Well, now it gets to kind of this double whammy where estrogen mm. goes up, progesterone goes down. Oh my gosh, all this hormonal menstrual stuff driving me crazy. All this rev without calm stuff driving me crazy. We go, okay, so what are we going to do? Well, we're going to create calm, right? Let's create calm. And then that's going to put you in a position to start making progesterone better. Let's make sure you can detox better. Let's get your detox pathways running with maybe B vitamins, maybe a broccoli extract called DIM. That's really good for detox. And so now you can get your toxins into the gut. Well, let's do a couple of things to heal the gut. And it's very, it's not hard to heal the gut if you know you got to heal it. Oh, now the gut's so good at pooping toxins out. Now you get rid of these old toxic estrogens. All the hormonal menstrual stuff goes away. You're like, oh my gosh, this is how it's supposed to be. 28 days every month, mild flows, three days of flow, mm. no cramping, no PMS. And then you go, oh my gosh, I am so chill. I'm sleeping like a baby. I'm calm. I'm, oh, this is lovely. And then you also know that now you put yourself in a position to really prevent the cancers, really prevent the autoimmune disease, including vitamin D is super important as part of all of this. And so when you think about preventing chronic disease, it's really not as hard as people make it think. In more traditional medicine, we put more bandage medicines on things. We make prevention look like really complex or really vague, like, oh, prevent disease. Well, just totally change how you eat and exercise. And you're like, okay, what kind of exercise? Well, how do I change mm -hmm. me? But it's really not that hard when you know the body's language. So like, for example, vitamin D levels and everybody should be 70 to 90. If a woman just gets her vitamin D above 60, she's automatically decreased her risk of ever getting breast cancer by 82%. Mm -hmm. By doing that one thing, 82% of all breast cancer could be prevented by that one thing. But as humans, we are terrible at making vitamin D from sun exposure nowadays. So like the lifeguards in San Diego, great tans on the beach, bathing suits, their vitamin D levels are mid 40s. So they got their just up 20 points, they cut their risk of breast cancer by 82%. You get it close to perfect, like 80 to 90, like almost totally gotten rid of any risk of breast cancer, but also other cancers, autoimmune disease. 
So what do you say to people like I've shared my story on this podcast? I was undiagnosed with adenomyosis and then subsequently endometriosis for probably 20 years. And there was a mask I had to pill. And then when they diagnosed me, they gave me the IUD and then it got worse. And I ultimately ended up having to have a hysterectomy. And so even when I left the hospital and I'm a great hospital, I went to Scripps La Jolla. So I'm at a great hospital. And even leaving, it was like, bye, come back in two weeks and I'll see you again in whatever, eight weeks. And we can clear you to lift things over five pounds. And then I was like, wait a second, what about my hormone levels? Like, am I in perimenopause? Can you run some tests? And so I had to demand those things. And my surgeon's great, but I'm continually having to go back. So what do you say to women like me who maybe weren't given the information or need to find out what their bodies are doing? And how do we continue, I guess, on our side to advocate for ourselves and find the right practitioners that can help us through this? Yeah, it's hard to find the right practitioners that know this, even though the science is very clear. You know, your surgeon sounds like an excellent surgeon. But they're not sure. They already know this stuff. Now, for me, I know this stuff. Don't ask me to do a surgery. <laughs> That's not my <laughs> thing. No, no, let, let them do it. But functional medicine people know this stuff, ideally, but not as well as they should. And so this is where I'm writing a book about 80% of the way through it about this estrogen dominance. I think everybody needs to know this. And there really needs to be somebody in every community knows how to do this. Now, it's never too late to turn this around, mm. even though we'd love this conversation to start earlier so we can do a lot of prevention and then take care of the menstrual hormonal fibroids and endometriosis stuff. And then you don't have to deal with this other stuff like surgeries and other, but it's never too late to fix it. And this is where we go, okay, well, let's do a simple blood test. Let's check your hormones. Let's check a couple other things and we'll pinpoint exactly what's going on, including this estrogen dominance thing. And then let's fix it. Now, typically that estrogen dominance, even though it may not be showing up in somebody who's had a hysterectomy is like hormonal menstrual stuff, it's definitely showing up in other ways. Mm -hmm. And because this is such a central mechanism, this estrogen dominance, and the reason I call it the most dangerous disease is not just because of the autoimmune and cancer. You'd think that you go like, well, that isn't that enough to be the most dangerous disease? I go, no, actually not, because we now know that autoimmune disease, where we're making antibodies, attacking our own body parts, is not just all the traditional autoimmune stuff that we were all familiar with, like rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, psoriasis, and these kind of things. Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis and celiac, but we know that autoimmune processes are part of so many chronic health issues that we didn't mm. know were autoimmune, such as osteoporosis, any of the bones, such as heart attacks and strokes, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, you know, all this stuff. And you go, well, if you look at the top 10 reasons why women die, probably this estrogen dominance is playing a part in about 90%. Mm. Of all the reasons we'll live and die, about the only one that's probably not playing a part in is unintentional deaths, like car accidents and all this kind of stuff. And so if you got it, easy test to figure out exactly what's going on. But then things like my free educational online email course, seven emails, takes a deep dive into every one of these things, including cortisol, gut health, mm. how foods impact this is estrogen dominance. We have a more advanced course called Autoimmune Hope. Now, part of the Autoimmune Hope is when you have autoimmune disease, you may not have a lot of hope because nobody's telling you how to make it go away. Mm. We're kind of putting advantages. But part of the hope is hope never to get it. And if I know that estrogen dominance is trying to drive me there, it might be nice to know what I got to do to make sure I never get there. We also have a master class for medical practitioners. Mm. Only takes about an hour for them because we don't want to make it too complicated, but it's like, hey, this is why this stuff is happening. And this is how you can actually make it go away. And then in our quest to get somebody in every community knows how to do this, so we catch it at the earlier places, right? 13, a 14, a 19-year-old, 
Unfortunately, those estrogen dominance can start so early. Women start having menstrual cycles at age five and eight, you know, breast buds at age seven. What? <laughs> it is incredible how early women start their menstrual cycles nowadays. And you can imagine like a five-year-old and eight-year-old starting their cycles. You're like, something is weird here. Right. right. Like, oh, well, you're eight. That's unfortunate. Well, we know what causes this and how we can make sure they don't end up with all this other stuff. We also have a the autoimmune paradigm, the experts course for medical practitioners that actually has continuing medical education credits for them so they can actually fulfill their yearly requirements for continuing education while trying to become the expert in their community. And I really mm. feel like once there's an expert in every community, nobody will tend to not know this is what's going on and not know how to make it go away, whether it's well-established and it's been going on kind of for decades or if it's brand new. But in any stage of this, we can always prevent it. I feel like that's so key and so important. Throughout this podcast of speaking to almost over 80 people now throughout the year since I started this, speaking to other doctors too, and what doctors are being trained about, particularly when it comes to women's health, still to this day in the medical system, it's from what I understand from other doctors I've interviewed and spoken to, severely lacking when it comes to women's healthcare and women's diseases. You say something around, you know, it's time for women's health to be redefined. What does that look like for you? And what does that mean today? Well, as in most industries, women are unbelievably underrepresented and unbelievably cared for. So even like all the research we're talking about, so the history of medical research is in mice and rats, and they're all male. Most <laughs> research is done in men, human men. And so then they go, well, I'm sure this applies to women, mm. but no, not really, right? Mm -hmm. And so the data is out there, and we really need to start understanding the differences, the uniqueness of women's health, but also... This is a lot of prevention. It's so hard for women to, because our big focus is on women. Our big focus specifically is on moms, because moms are dealing with a lot of this health stuff. They're also healthcare gatekeepers for their children, aging parents, mm -hmm. all this. Well, here you want to be the best parent, the best person in your position at work. You want to be the best. Well, how are you going to do that if you got all this health stuff going yeah. on? You can't care for yourself. Well, how can I do everything else to care for my children? And mm -hmm. so we can get women to be really healthy. Well, they're going to then be able to take the knowledge that they've used to help kids, the ailing parents, and then the kids don't get sick. And that's going to make it easier for the woman, too, because the kids aren't sick all the time. Mm -hmm. And so we really love to change women's health care by really saying, well, a good place to start would be this estrogen dominance, which accounts for so much of chronic mm -hmm. women's health issues. But because the body is so smart, if you're doing this stuff for the estrogen dominance, say, you're doing your due diligence to prevent heart attacks, strokes, diabetes, Alzheimer's, dementia, dump. It really is getting at these central mechanisms, and it's nothing that you really can't turn around with women mm -hmm. even. And this is what makes me so sad as I see women that get cancer. I grew up playing tennis. I went. I played tennis in college, a scholarship athlete. I see all these tennis players, too, where they get cancer, and they go, okay, it's in remission. I'm like, nobody has done anything to address why you got your cancer and yeah. that why is going to keep going. And then a few years later, you hear, oh, yeah, it came back. Or I got a new cancer. Or you see famous people, you know, really famous people where they get a cancer diagnosis, such as one of my favorite actresses. She got a breast cancer diagnosis. Well, they said, you're BRCA positive. We're going to do bilateral mastectomy. Mm -hmm. Well, nobody addressed the estrogen dominance. Mm -hmm. And now she's got multiple sclerosis that's getting worse and worse, you know? So it's like, yeah, we got to get this before it starts. But if you go, oh, I got this, let's go back and do our due diligence. So we really make sure this doesn't ever happen to you again. And you just don't keep getting new stuff 
on top of the old stuff. Mm. I mean, that's so refreshing to hear too. I think even when I was going through all of my things, you know, no one and finally got diagnosed with adenomyosis. No one asked me about what I was eating or not one doctor to this day and or one practitioner to this. Actually, my acupuncturists did. Those were the only people that asked me. Yeah, I I got trained at UCLA in medical acupuncture 30 years ago. Come on, acupuncturists. I mean, they were the best. They were my lifesavers. They helped me to not only navigate my pain, but also to know what questions to ask my doctor. They were looking at my diet. They were like, weed this out, do this. They were incredible. And I've talked about them and I'm going to have some other alternative practitioners here on the podcast. I just think it's so important for women to seek these things out. So before I ask you where people can find you, and the final question I ask everyone, is there anything else that you want people to hear today that are listening to this that they absolutely need to know when it comes to their own health and their own health care? As a system is, as you say on your podcast, you really need to advocate for yourself and navigate your own health care. So you really got to now this power. So this is where mm-hmm. we want to provide as much knowledge we can to people such as there's over 150 videos about this stuff in my YouTube channel. Here's these courses. Here's my book. If you want to read a textbook, I Managing Pain in the Presence of Autoimmune Disease and a Pain Management Textbook, and every one of what we're talking about is based on the science. So like every YouTube video, this is a scientific article or three about this subject. And so people really understand that this is the science and this needs to be Mm. medicine. It's not just one person's opinion. Yeah. Where, so now that you've mentioned your YouTube channel and things you've written and are writing and the courses for both practitioners and the layperson, so to speak, what is your website? Where can people find you? And how do they start following your work? So if you could just share that with folks, that would be amazing. Oh, sure. My website is drdavidbilstrom.com. And all the access, all our social media is there, the YouTube channel, access to like the free educational online email course. We really want to teach people where this stuff comes from, but we really want to teach them how to fix it themselves because mm-hmm. currently there is not an expert in every community who knows how to do this. So we got to make the person themselves the expert in their own. Thank you for that. So I ask one final question of all my guests, which is what gives you hope right now? People like yourself mm-hmm. who are spreading the word and sharing this information. I am so helpful because this is a conversation that needs to happen when you do podcasts about this stuff. You can get the word out there and I can. (laughs) So thank you for letting me share with you what you're doing. (laughs) You're welcome. I appreciate you being here and we really honor you and honor your time and this work. It's so important, particularly as we advocate mainly for women and gender nonconforming folks and underrepresented people on this podcast and want to help them get the support they need. So thank you for sharing all of your work and what you're doing. And so as we say here at Period to Pause, continue to go out there to educate rise, vocalize, and mobilize. And we will see you next time. Take care. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to a Period to Pause podcast if you really liked it. If you didn't, you can go ahead and skip that step. And remember to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And go check us out on Instagram and Clubhouse. Oh, and don't forget to tell another woman in your life that you support her and it only takes one tiny action to lead to big change. See you next time. Now for a quick disclaimer. All of the information and views you hear on a period to pause podcast are purely the opinions of the host and her guest. They are not medical advice or treatment recommendations. The content of this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. 
Always seek the guidance of your physician or qualified healthcare professional for any recommendations specific to you or for any questions you may have specific to your health, mental health, your sleep patterns, or changes to diet and exercise or any medical conditions.